Hello and welcome to another episode of Everybody Fits podcast. Hello and oh my goodness have we got a special treat for you. This podcast completely blew both Amy and, and my mind. Yeah and I think we, we we ended up talking about things we didn't even expect to talk about. We went off on tangents and um, but sometimes that's the best way. We got so much amazing information. And we could have easily spoken for at least another couple of hours just because um, this guy is is just got so much to say and um, and it's just all really worth hearing. Um, so the amazing um, man that we chatted with was um, a man called Charles and he is um, on Instagram at um, Team Wagon. We will put his um, links in the in the show notes. And he talks about all things to do with his relationship with exercise and his body being in a bigger body. Um, as a fitness professional, he talks about his career. He opened his own gym and has worked in the fitness industry for quite a number of years. He talks about transformation challenges and his experiences with them. And we delved into the world of children's, we call them wellness camps, but over in England, we would just identify them as fat camps, which Mm. was a fascinating subject. So be warned, a little bit of a trigger warning, we do talk again about disordered eating. and Charles' experience with that binge eating. Um, and if you do need any support with that, we do have links in the bio uh, to direct you to some services. And you can always talk to Kim or myself about anything that you're struggling with. And we will try and find you the best person to talk to. Yes, exactly. And also as a very, very special treat for you right at the very end of the recording. So definitely stick around for that, which I know you're just going to be glued to whether you're watching or listening. It is definitely really one to uh, to, to just listen all the way through. Um, so enjoy. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, Charles, um, to the Everybody Fits podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having Super excited to finally chat because I know we've been friends on Instagram for just a couple months now. We've always been dying to do something together. So what better way than start things off with a lovely chat? Oh, absolutely. Honestly, um, soon as I came across your Instagram, I was like, how was I not following you before? And I literally, I think I just sent you a DM there. And then I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. So I was like, (laughs) thank you so much. As they say in the rap song, it all goes down in the DM. So (laughs) perfect that we've been able to find each other through uh, social media. Uh, Isn't isn't that the the greatest benefit of social media? It's connecting so many people who are like-minded for a change. And it's, it's obviously given us the opportunity to break out of the, the fitness box and know that there's more people out there who aren't just lifting and, and running and, and burning calories and because they want to change the way that their body looks, they want to feel good as well. And that's why you're so amazing. And we can't wait to hear all about your story. Oh, excellent. Well, I can't wait to chat and learn more about each other and uh, talk about all things fitness, diet culture and everything in between. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think first of all, um, it'd be really good for you to just let our listeners know that aren't aware of you already. Um, 
a little bit about you. So just tell us some facts that you want you want everybody to know that's listening right now. Yeah, so a uh, couple fun facts about me. I'm an Aries. Is that how things start off? <laughs> no, we need more. Just Let's kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, couple fun facts. I have been all over the map in the fitness industry. I have actually gotten my start teaching spin classes. And um, so I actually got my start in group fitness. And I've done it all from running group classes to being a boot camp instructor, uh, teaching CrossFit to owning a CrossFit gym to having a gym of my own and uh, all this other fun stuff. So I'm like kind of all over the map there. I also, fun fact, I also call myself a Swiss army knife of fitness. So um, I don't, if you were to ask me what type of fitness you enjoy, I always say, ah, I kind of do it all from lifting heavy things to pole dancing, uh, to, like I said, spin. So I really do enjoy a lot of forms of fitness. And pretty much if you put me in a room with random exercise things, usually I could get down with that real quick. And um, a third fun fact about myself I always do love to share is that I do love enjoy to sing karaoke by myself. So because I, on my birthday every year, I like to go to this one place that has a karaoke room go by myself and sing for two hours because one, um, no one else can, I don't have to worry about anyone else hogging the spotlight so I can just sing that for all the time I want. And then two, I just like to, to vibe out and make videos while I sing my random songs. So that's a fun fact about me on what I like to do in my off time. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Well, but I need to know what's your favorite karaoke song. You've got oh. have one. Well, I am glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> I, my actual go-to karaoke song is, uh, what's it? Queens don't stop me now. That usually gets the room jumping for, and my go-to song for when I want to go wild in karaoke. That is, that is a very good song. I hope you like have the power of Freddie as soon, as soon as the song comes on. I do there. I mean, I do the Freddie Mercury fist as I sing (laughs) and, uh, yeah, it's actually fun. I, I know this is kind of a tangent right now, but like I said, we're going on tangent. So <laughs> here, um, I used, I went to a San Diego Comic-Con and then they had a carpool karaoke contest. And that's the song I sang for carpool karaoke. And I won a free carpool karaoke mic because of it. So that has oh. actually gotten me places in life. <laughs> well, do you know what? Amy and I were talking before about... Um, getting some music for the podcast so you might be our guy <laughs> oh, perfect we could do a we could do an acapella intro all three of us <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i don't think that if, if anyone heard me sing i think they'd be switching off straight away but <laughs> never know there kim <laughs> i'm just thinking as soon as we press uh, to end this podcast i want a little little demo from you there I want, I want you belting out some tunes. Yeah, then ask and you shall receive there. <laughs> I don't even think we should end the recording. I think we should just just end with a bit of Queen just to like round off that. That is an incentive to keep listening for everyone. All right. <laughs> That's right. You you come for the, the fitness talk. You stay for the Queen music. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Definitely would like to hear a little bit more about your experience with transformation challenges uh, fill the beans as they say sure thing well the get me a can opener because these beans are about (laughs) to get the 
sorry. I just thought that was hilarious. I laughed like a kid who farted in the bathtub. So that's fantastic. <laughs> um, so when it came to transformation challenges, that's actually how I got started on my whole fitness journey. Like in the past, I would just do random things to exercise, whether it was like Billy Blank's Tybo or just like lifting weights in my basement. Like that was just like, it wasn't really steeped in diet culture yet, but um, it was a funny story. In my senior year of high school, I never really liked myself up until that time. And uh, I went to the bookstore and there was a magazine called Muscle Media. And then they were promoting this this weight loss challenge or transformation challenge uh, called Body for Life, where you have 12 weeks to change your body. And then if you win, you get $50,000. So I'm like, uh-huh. really, this sounds fantastic. And you know what? I know I've always wanted to lose weight because back then I was like, no one could really love me until if I lost weight and like, because I never felt like I was handsome enough or whatever the case is. I'm like, all my problems could be solved by losing weight. So I applied for the challenge and then I did it. And then that's when I signed up for my first gym, got a personal trainer and all that stuff. Didn't even complete the challenge though, because let's face it, like 95% of transformation challenges, not many people finish. Um, But it's what got me into the door at the gym. So uh, that's how I actually began my whole weight loss journey at the time. So uh, I always would come back to challenge those that body for life challenge because I'm like okay I I didn't make it this time but I promise I'm going to do it next time whatever the case is because that's going to solve all of my problems and it absolutely did not if anything it made it a little bit worse um because all of a sudden I started going into more disordered eating which eventually became full-blown eating disorder with binge eating so um throughout that time and I think it started off in like 2002 I would always like go into these challenges because I would always be like this is the answer to all my problems if I'm feeling in a slump whatever the case is there was one challenge I actually did complete and I won at my local gym and that was like a six weeks challenge and then what would happen is like if you win you get like a certain amount of months free at your gym so that one I was actually competing with a certain people that was like okay I could actually crush this but that led to me doing some extreme things to win such as putting on garbage bags and training uh with garbage bags underneath my workout clothes I even remember the last night where I'm like I'm not going to drink any water I'm just gonna train hard um don't drink anything because weighing was the the last day was I didn't want to I want to be the lightest possible to the point where even that same morning I took a spin class with my garbage bags on to sweat out even more, which is why I won the challenge. Not because of the fact that I changed, but I lost the most weight um, percentage wise. But if we're talking about what happened afterwards, yeah, absolutely rebounded and regained all the weight and then some. So my, my experience with the challenges, it's like, doesn't matter if I made it through or not. If I made it through, that gave me excuse. Okay, like I'm done with this. Time to go back to some habits that I had beforehand, and it's going to make things worse. Where I would binge and then go back into this downward slump. If I didn't make the challenge, I would be just falling back into patterns again. And it was just like, 
me constantly feeling shitty about myself. So any challenge that I did, transformation stuff, like there would be moments, like even in the past few years where I'm like, maybe I need to go back to this. And then I do it um, with some false hope that it'll solve my problems. Then halfway through and I don't make it, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I stopped doing these challenges because of the fact that it just puts me in a bad headspace. And to be quite honest, like the more I keep going back and forth this and the more I dig deeper into finding my own, uh, embracing my own body and um, being more compassionate towards myself. That's when I'm like, yeah, this, this shit's super toxic because of the fact that, I mean, how many challenges do I actually need to feel good about myself when I could just do the inner work instead as opposed to trying to change thing on the outside, hoping that's going to change how I feel about myself on the inside. So yeah, that is my whole experience. I hope I touched on all the the parts of transformation challenges, but it's been one hell of a ride. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the thing for most people. They think that the issue is always to do with the way that they look rather than thinking about the way that they feel. And mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head there when you, you're talking about your relationship with your body and accepting your body. Um, one thing I would ask is, so obviously during all of these different phases of, of doing the transformation challenges, you entered the industry as a trainer. What was your attitude towards the challenges at the beginning as a trainer? Would it be something that you kind of aspired to run for yourself versus now as a trainer how you would feel about them yeah back in the day as a trainer I would absolutely run uh challenges because back in my gym here's the honest truth at that time and I think when I had the gym that was like around 20 2010 up until 2018 as a trainer and running a gym let's like these challenges are what bring people in so for, uh, my mindset at the time was like, I just need to get more people in. And if they see like how much they could change within six weeks, then I'm like, okay, they'll be with me forever and stuff like this. But even back then, like with those challenges, it would still be like, I still wouldn't feel right about it just because of the fact that I still had like deep inside, I didn't care for transformation challenge I cared about making more friends and creating community in the gym but I was like this is the only way people will come into the gym is if they have this extrinsic factor for changing themselves we actually had a challenge called uh, the rip dads and the fit moms challenge so that was just like even in the marketing in of itself it's like come in change your body get ripped or whatever the case is and I'm saying this as a person who's in a larger body. And I was just like, this does not align with how I feel because Mm -hmm. honestly, those ideas came from a business mastermind I used to be in. So working with a whole bunch of gym owners who are pushing all these different ways to get clients, it was always some type of six week transformation challenge. So um, at that time, if you were to ask me as a trainer, I'm like, yeah, this is an awesome idea because that's how I could get more people, whatever cases. Now, if you were to ask me, would I do it now as a trainer? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Because that is creating such a disordered relationship with fitness. It's like, why do I 
it's like the only reason I need to train to is to lose weight and look a certain way for someone else. Absolutely not. When we can realize that fitness has so much more than that one, not just for feeling better in your body, being stronger and all the other fun stuff. Fitness is a way to have fun. And we have so many different outlets to express ourselves. We don't realize that fitness can be one of those uh, outlets, outlets, just like how you can have burlesque size yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. having that avenue to like explore certain parts of yourself and like with fitness to have fun and to have more community with people. Yeah. Because if anything we know in the fitness industry, everyone's kind of like an island. And um, that's something I've, I, as a trainer now, I don't like that because we could use fitness as a way to bond with other people. So um, you can't bond if you're going to be constantly thinking about your body and when the next six week challenge is coming in. Because then that's when people drop off after thinking like, okay, I don't need to work out until I become another before photo, so to speak, and then show up for another six week challenge. It's like, uh, now I'm just like, miss me with this bullshit. It's, do you know what? I so relate to that, like as a, um, you know, a fitness professional as well. And, and at the end of the day, you, you, you need to run a business. You need to get people in the door and it's, you know, you don't want to go down the traditional route because it goes against your, your morals of, oh, yeah. just telling people, oh, if you do this, it'll burn this many calories, but it's so, so difficult. And I, I can see why so many people, sort of go down that route of, of weight loss for fitness because weight diet industry is is worth so much and it's mm -hmm. such a huge part that's just embedded in our minds on a massively subconscious level so it I, I get why people would do that um but yeah it, it's um it's really interesting you know everything that you said about all that you've gone through with the the challenges and thank you so much for being um open about about that it, it's crazy as well because i'd imagine that when when you won them when you won that that one in particular um you you probably got really like a lot of people congratulating you did you did you get like a lot of oh yeah, yeah. there's i've gotten a lot of comments on my body when i when i lost all that weight in six weeks mm -hmm. and i think that's like kind of like it's kind of like a drug when you get that stuff, yeah. yeah? Because it's like when people make positive comments on your body, especially as you grow up in a, as a fat person mm. and all of a sudden you start to lose weight. Now, all of a sudden people want to say how great you look in this and that, but they never said it before when you were in a larger body. So it was like me feeling great about that. And then once I was going back into disordered eating, that's when I felt like, shitty about myself yeah. because now all of a sudden the comments stopped coming or yeah. I would have my one of my relatives say oh you look bigger and stuff like this so now I'm like back into this into the spiral of shame where I'm just like oh okay I'm not worthy of anything only when I've lost weight so then I'm just like this is like fucked <laughs> because it's like, yeah literally it's just shit it's just complete shit that it just makes people feel and, and this is the thing like it's so damaging mm -hmm. and it, it 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 does make me very very angry um 
I think, yeah, calling out all of the fat phobia and the and, and the and the absolute crap that goes on in the fitness industry um, that still goes on, you know, with, yeah. I, f- I find for me, the transformation challenge is almost where the intersection lies now between the whole fitness and diet industry because it's basically like taking the concept of Weight Watchers or Slimming World and going, well, each week we're going to track your progress and we're going to either make you feel amazing or tell you that you're shit and you need to do better to beat to get to this target. And it's always the target is never, you know, build a healthy relationship with food or build a healthy relationship with exercise. It's always change your body because your body doesn't look good enough. And that that yo-yo of back and forth and back and forth of, of, yeah, we've all been to that place where we've got to a weight where people have congratulated us. And then as the weight changes and goes back up, all of a sudden it's a negative, even though people can't see what's going on inside and realistically having a, a higher body weight, mm-hmm. maybe that's much better than pushing your body to such an extreme constantly. Um, you talk about you, you binge eating quite openly. Did you ever get any support for that? And, and if you did, was it when you were bigger or when you'd lost the weight? Because I, I'd just be interested to know the difference in the way that it was it was viewed when you approached people about this. Yeah, I actually did. Back in like 2018, that's when I closed down my gym. And uh I was kind of like in this one phase of working at a, a different gym uh, for a summer summer trainer in residence program, so to speak. And this was one gym where um, there was possibility of moving on from trainer in residence to a part-time gig. And I was like crushing it over there and was really hoping I could like, you know, make this, make this a, uh, part-time gig because all of a sudden I don't have a gym anymore it's like I would love to because I because I want I mean it's a whole story we could get into if you ever wanted but long story short I wanted to be part of a team as opposed to running everything by myself but at the end of that um, residency there was three of us the one who who moved on to part-time was was a thin thin white woman and I was the and there and to give you like back a little context for this gym and why I felt like my body was a factor into me not moving on, even though I did the most out of the three, like one of their taglines is like health and hotness. So I mean, Uh (laughs) as I even had a conversation with the owner once he's like, you know, we're trying to like change behavior, stuff like that. But, you know, we pull them in just like how I mentioned to you boy about the six week programs Mm -hmm. uh, that like the, weight loss challenge where like this one's like we rope them in with like stuff like getting snatched or whatever the case is mm-hmm. and then but we do really talk about this so that put me into a little bit of a depression and led me to like some binge eating episodes so that's when I actually went to my first um eating disorder clinic so to speak not going to say clinic it was a six-week program on de- eating disorders so I was like in a group of like five and we went through like um, DBT dialectal behavior therapy and stuff like that. And I talked with a therapist about this. And even before that, like four years ago, when I had some shit happen in the gym and I was going through some stuff, that's actually when I first talked to my, to a therapist about things. So yeah, I've, I've talked about it when I was at a heavier weight and that was super helpful. 
And then I talked about when I was a lighter, uh, in, a, in a smaller body. But the funny thing is, like for me, I, I don't really talk about, oh, I need to be, like I still fight those demons in my head about being intentional weight loss or whatever cases, but I also realize that it's not about that. It's about the habits that I create for myself. So with the binge eating, that's a big thing. And uh, it was interesting because when I'm at a lighter weight, I tend not to talk about it as much. Um, if I go through an episode with a therapist, I tend not to seek help. It's like when I'm in the, the bigger body, and like I said, there's that's when I feel like I, I need to talk. Because for me, one thing that, my that me and my therapist talked about and this is unique to me i'm not generalizing this for anyone but for me when being in a bigger body helps me kind of cope with problems going on because i could push people away because people don't want to be near me uh so to speak in my head but when i start to work on my relationship with food and my body changes because i work on a relationship with however it changes then all of a sudden I have to deal with more emotions and deal with more of the problems that I face. And for me, that gets kind of scary. So like, I would like go into this loop of, I know I'm just kind of on a tangent, so to speak, but that's what kind of where we're at today. Um, so, <laughs> so that's when I would like kind of go in this back and forth. If like I hit a certain thing that gets too scary, I retreat away by binging. Um, so yeah. Long story short, it's quite a complicated relationship I have talking about binge eating with and getting support for that. Um, mainly because of the fact that when I feel like I have my shit together, I really don't. Um, <laughs> and that's, I feel like I only get help when I don't have my stuff together. It's, do you know what, it's, it's so crazy. And you, you literally have no idea what's going on in somebody's mind. And on the, on the surface, they could look like they have their shit together. And you know, you could, it, it, it's crazy. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons why you just don't comment on people's bodies because you just don't have a clue, you don't know. So there's absolutely no excuse um, to do that because it's, it, you, don't know what's, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what their relationship with food is like. And, um, and I, again, just going back to the fitness industry, this is why, one of the reasons, many reasons why, parts of it are so toxic because um it's this it's this view of health and it's literally the health and hot and hotness <laughs> i can't believe it's like that just sums it up doesn't it with uh, what a lot of the, the transformation challenges in the fitness industries um yeah well i mean what was there was there a particular point where you realized this is bullshit this is this this isn't how fitness is supposed to be or was it just like that gradual gradual realization or was you know what what happened yeah it's actually funny you mentioned this because this tied into what we were talking about before uh with like the gym owning stuff so it has been a gradual shift um and it started off when i had a gym so like back in the day when I first ran it, it was a CrossFit gym called CrossFit House of Pain. And then um, through some extenuating circumstances with some people I had there, you know, firing a friend of mine, whatever the case is, I had to ask myself, like, what do I really want? Because at that time I was like, CrossFit House of Pain, because if you know pain, you'll know gains, so to speak. 
um, mm-hmm. and was like, I want to train athletes and p- train people to be badasses and shit like that. Mm-hmm. When some stuff happened in my gym, it's like, what do I really want? And I was like, I want to make people happy. That's what mm-hmm. I want. And then that's when we change it from literally, I think a year into moving into a new space, we got rid of the affiliation and we called it the happiest gym on earth. That was what we ran with for the next five years. So that's when it first started because I was like, I want people to be happy. So we were ditching like, like all the negative self-talk with pain and something. It's like, let's get people feeling great about themselves. Um, and then that like kind of sparked that idea. And then in 2016, I made my first team wagon was a weight loss accountability account in the beginning. And then that's when I was like, after a month of doing it, I was like, I hate, I hate this feeling of myself always having to look at my number on the scale and letting my feelings be dictated by what I, what I weigh. And then that's when I was just like me, that's when I started looking more body positivity accounts. And I was just like, huh, I could rock with this. And then just like over, like then since 2018, 2019, I've just been making that shift. And, um, it what and honestly, like I still, once again, I always have an inner critic. So it's always speaking to me uh, about ditching top uh, diet culture and stuff like that. And it wasn't until, because there was always a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm shifting away, but maybe there's people who st- this is maybe the only way I could like really be seen in the fitness industry if I lost weight. So I always had that little voice in my head. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like, December of last year, where I had a, well, I met like one of my friends, her name's Roz the Diva on Instagram. And we had like a, yeah. So she, (laughs) yeah, she's great people. And she actually was my first pole instructor. And fun story, I went to a pole dancing boot camp for two days led by Roz Diva. I was the only guy there. And it was a whole, whole bunch of plus size pole dancers. And we're doing all, there was like 20 of us there. And we were just doing pole for two days. And that was a wild experience. I got to live my best Magic Mike life that day, um, and pretend I was Magic Mike doing a freestyle for the whole class. So that was fun. But uh, that's besides the point. But uh, she had like a, a few of us over for like a little like like a little fun. Like we just like eat food and shit talk for like a thing. And I was with all these people, and I'm like, wow, these folks are all like in the body positive wellness space um in the bodies that they are and like these are my people and they're not only making a living being who they are but they're crushing it Mm -hmm. and then ever since that day when I had the summit with them and all that shit talk I was like you know what I know I could crush it in this space and I could sing my song I don't need to rely on trying to focus on like like (laughs) Uh, fitness culture and shit like that mm-hmm. I could be who I want to be and then that will attract the people I want to attract so ever since then that's when I made that shift I was like you know what fuck, fuck toxic diet culture and stuff like that um let's let me just do me so to speak and I think you could relate it's like as trainers like in there's always that psych that life cycle in the beginning we follow a lot of those societal norms that we talk about in the fitness industry like diet weight loss but then as you grow as a coach, you kind of start to understand your own voice. And then when you follow your voice, then that's when you feel most alive. And now I feel the most alive I've ever felt in a long time. 
Um, because now I'm like, this is like, I don't need to be follow society's standards as a trainer. I could just be me. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I think one of the problems as well when you actually training to be a trainer is the whole qualification process is aimed at well people are going to come into the gym because they want to change the way that they look and they want to change their bodies so you need to teach them that this is how they move their bodies to lose weight or this is how they and and actually I look back you'll probably do the same at some of the things that I've posted on social media two three years ago and I think oh my god I can't believe I actually yeah you do even like the people that you follow on social media back there it's it's oh, yeah. like because that is that is the voice in the back of your head saying mm-hmm. this is how I should think about things and mm-hmm. same with your inner critic it's yeah. I think working in the industry it's always like well really you know are people going to judge me by the way that I look are people going to judge me by the way that even the way that I train like should I be doing more should I be doing that when actually it's you know it's it's not about anybody else it's about you and how you feel about your body and yourself and and feeling good um I bet you've never had bruises like you had off off the pole training because I've done pole fitness and the bruises that I came out with were insane I believe they call that pole kisses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as comfortable as a kiss, though, is it? No, it's not. It's a, as, as Jada Pinkett Smith said, that's one entanglement that is kind of painful. Unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool doing all that fun stuff, but when you look in the mirror and see all those pole kisses on your armpits and your legs, you're just like, my God, it's <laughs> wild. Yeah, yeah, and you, you get them in places where you're like, I can't even remember that hitting the pole or, or that touching anything, but I've got this huge black mark on my body, so it must have done somehow. Exactly. That's just like random parts of your body sticking to the pole that you didn't even realize. <laughs> I think I need to give this a go. It sounds great. <laughs> that would perfectly be in line with what you're already doing burlesque size yeah, it would yeah. just be another tool to add to the toolbox there kim well exactly exactly um i do you know what i think what, what you're saying about just being yourself um as a fitness professional i think that that is the best thing that you can be because that allows then your clients and the people around you it almost like gives them permission not that they need permission to then be themselves and to enjoy their own bodies because I think a lot of the time and I've spoken about this before fitness professionals are put on these pedestals and people look up to them and I think it's partly because a lot of them promise the world they promise you you his body and and all of this stuff and and they get put on this pedestal and but I I think that it is really refreshing to see people just enjoying being the bodies being in the bodies that they're in no matter the size and just saying look I can I can be fit and healthy in this size so so you can um yeah I think it's um it's and it's definitely uh allowing people that that happiness that's so needed in a space that's just full of shame yeah exactly I think we need this diversity as well because you're talking about being put up on this pedestal as fitness professionals. Well, to me, if I'd have been able to see more people 
who looked like me as a kid. You know, I was I was fat when I was younger. I was fat in my early twenties. Um, I've had struggles all the way through with the way that I looked, and it was because there's nobody that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we need from such a young age. You need someone to be able to relate to. And I think that people are realizing that, you know, 95%, 99% of the population don't want to consistently work out and track the calories and look at the scales and measure their body fat. And like, mm-hmm. they just don't give a shit about that stuff. They, they just want to feel good about the way that they're looking if they can relate that to someone else who looks like them then yeah that that almost gives them a little bit more justification to to be who they are be their authentic selves if you say yeah exactly it's funny you mentioned that because um back in the day one of my clients at the time actually gave me a a, a poster or something like that to hang on my wall and she every time she's she saw this quote she's like i think of you when i think of this when i when i gave this to you and it was said you are born to be real not perfect and that's something that you don't really get much of in the fitness industry because everyone wants to look a certain way and and as trainers they want to put on this front i mean how many times do we see like instructors on peloton for example or like all the like the trendy fitness places where it's all like straight sized bodies and they're trying to look Mm -hmm. as the epitomes of perfection um and yet it's so funny because all the people who look up to them always say things like, I want a body like theirs, for example. Yet there's no fucking possible way you get a body like theirs because you are not them. You have your own genetics. You are your own person. But that's what the fitness industry likes to perpetuate all the time with the people that they have in the industry. Um, and it's funny because... Uh, when we kind of let go of that and in real life, when we have trainers who are just authentically them, people pick up on that. And then all of a sudden people feel happier and healthier because now they don't have to try to chase perfection. All they have to do is just be themselves, Mm. their best selves in the fitness space. And that's what creates a lot more joy in our fitness. Yeah. I wish that I um, was aware of this. I mean, it's all it's all fine well saying in hindsight but I wish I was aware of this side of the fitness industry back when I was like 18 because I wanted I've, I wanted to be in fitness then and I, I was always like my body's not good enough so I can't do it um and I up until like a few years ago I, I had a my personal trainer and he said to me that no one will ever take you seriously unless you shrink unless you lose weight um and that was when I had a, a hugely disordered um, relationship with exercise. I, I was I was really aching every single day because I was literally just and so anxious if I couldn't get to the gym, and my life would revolve around going to the gym, and it would be all for intent. Always had to be intense. Um, never fun, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, but at least, at least we found it now. I found this side, and now, now there's no looking back. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's wonderful that you know, Kim, that we've both gone through very similar journeys. Because here's the thing: we would not have come 
to the people we are now if we did not have these kind of conversations uh, growing up. And this is part of just like the life cycle for some of us, like some of those in the fitness industry, they'll take these toxic messages and run with it. And you see that continually perpetuated. And then there's people like us who take these messages and then challenge these, um, challenge these uh, rules, so to speak. And then going through the experience that we've had with fat shaming and especially in the fitness industry by people who don't get it, coming out the other side, understanding who the F we are, that allows us to impact those who have not quite gone through that yet. And I think that is the beautiful thing about for those of us who've been in this in this place for a while and had to deal with a lot of the issues of being under fat shaming in the fitness industry and stuff like that. So I, I will never regret not, I will never regret all the experiences that I had because if it wasn't for that, I would not be the person I am today. And I think that's such a uh, wonderful thing to have these fresh perspectives in a space where not many people have had this kind of journey, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I think that's the thing is no, no point in having regrets over the experiences that we've had because it just makes us stronger and makes us who we are. So yeah. Um, so you've, you've just finished your studies, haven't you? I, I have, I just, well, I'm not done yet. I'm, so, I'm working towards my bachelor's right now at university see it how you like I said I didn't at college because I know y'all enjoyed <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm a sophomore right now I probably have like a year and a half to go um so I'm getting my bachelor's in physical education because you know what I and the funny thing was it's like in high school I never thought I'd be able to go to university because I thought I was dumb uh and especially and you know how it is it's like when you're a, a fat person people will always like be negative towards you. And not only did that seep into how I look, it also seeped into like my abilities as a person in general. So I thought being a bigger person, I was dumb and I would never be able to like, you know, make it through college, which is like, okay, community college is the safe bet I get, I, I guess. But here I am now at a four-year university getting my bachelor's and being like, oh shit, I'm actually kind of smart, didn't realize. So yeah, that's where that's where I'm at right now with possibly uh, becoming a physical education teacher, or I mean there is that other possibility of bringing back the happiest gym on earth. So right now I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, when I closed down the gym, I was like, where the hell is my life gonna go? Uh, do I need? Do I? Am I deserving to be in the, this space? Back in 2018, and now I'm like, my life is full of possibilities. And uh, it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? There's um, lots of possibilities. How are you finding the studying for the physical education? Is, are you finding that the actual course is full of weight stigma? Or, um, yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what? The, the landscape of physical education has changed a lot since... I was in, I was in school where I always felt like things were clickish, or I was just like, yeah, being there, it's not for me being in a bigger body. 
But one of the cool things that I love about physical education, at least the program that we have, like the main thing one of my teachers said is that it's about inclusion in kids having fun. So that's what I really like about it and getting the experience to um, learn more about how to run a physical education class. And even though I already work with kids, getting to see what it's like in that school setting, I'm just like, this is something where, I mean, honestly, it's dependent on the to teacher themselves. But the fact that now in school, where they're, they're now moving towards trying to make everyone feel like a part of the class as opposed to like feeling like um, incorporating weight stigma and stuff like that. I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, even with like, I know we're talking about like uh, about weight stigma and stuff like that, but even with like uh, gender neutrality in schools where now they're moving towards more using um, neutral language, so to speak, to create inclusion. And I think that's like such a good thing going back to weight stigma where it's like, now we're just trying to make everyone feel like a part of the class as opposed to feel like, okay, you can't do this or that because you are a certain size. And hopefully if I do decide to go down this physical education route, um, I could create my own impact in, in schools where we could like really focus on um, breaking those stigmas. That's amazing. That's right, because body image and really impacts, obviously, impacts you from such a young age um, and that will impact the relationship that they have with exercise, it'll impact their social relationships, it'll, everything. Um, for me, I, I work with a company over here. Well, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's like a charity um, and we work with teachers and social workers, parents, trying to teach them about the importance of body image for their children. Um, because you, it can be something that children as young as three are aware of. And, and from that, it then follows on through the rest of their life. And I well know, as you will, that things that happen to us as children, and it can be the tiniest little thing. I, I remember being uncomfortable in PE in school because I didn't look like the other girls. And therefore, was I going to be put on the team last? And I couldn't quite move the same way and and you just feel singled out whereas if you feel at ease with the, the teacher if you feel at ease with the people around you it just makes a massive difference to the way that you feel about yourself and your body so it will be an amazing thing if you do get to that stage where you can work with younger children yeah, I've actually been doing that um, for the past couple of years. So I don't know if, if I mentioned this to y'all or if you know, but um, I've actually in 20, 2007, that's when I got my start teaching at a wellness camp for kids, or as they call it, fat camp, so to speak. So I've taught at two, three different weight, uh, wellness camps, and I'm actually the uh, strength and conditioning director, weight room supervisor for the one I work at now. So I started there last year. And if we're talking about like weight stigma and stuff like that in schools, taking that over to the camp setting um, for a wellness camp, that's even doubly so because now we have kids coming in because their parents want them to lose weight and they literally drop them off. Um, and they, and they, and the, and even if you tell the kids, like where I was like, they'll say fat camp. So um I, it was very interesting last summer because I had to work a lot with 
these kids on helping them understand just how important it is to love yourself no matter what body you're in. Um, and that shouldn't be my job because I'm just running the weight room and teaching them how to train. I want them to enjoy exercise. But there would be moments when I would see, I would work with the girls. And the first thing the girls would do is they would run up to the mirror and start picking at their body parts, like pinching their bellies. And, and I, I was so dumbfounded by this. And I was like, uh, what, how come y'all do this every single time you come into the gym? And then they literally said, it's because in the bunks, they feel the mirrors are distorted. So if they go into the gym and look at themselves there, like that is like they're, they like that mirror more because it's not as distorted and they feel like they look better. So I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, you know what? We're not going to exercise for the first 20 minutes. We're going to have a sit down conversation. I want to ask you something right now. If we did not have mirrors here at the camp, how would we measure progress? And I was just curious, how would we? Because, on, and I was like, because honestly, weight and how we look is the least interesting thing about us. And then that's when we would talk about like, oh, because I could walk up the hill with less, uh, with easier and stuff like that, because there's a lot of hills here at camp. Or I'm like, in getting strong, I was like, yeah, don't you feel like those are be more fulfilling than having to constantly pick at our bodies? Like, I'm the, <laughs> I'm teaching kids how to exercise, but I would have multiple conversations before we start the workout talking about body image and stuff like that because of the fact that with kids they're still like the pet like the parents always set this precedent for them where they're talking about toxic fitness language and it's even something where like the parents don't even realize how how rough it is so uh me coming in to <laughs> having to fight certain things about like before and after photos, praising weight loss, whatever the case is. Like I had to, I have to find ways around my role to avoid that. So that way we can talk about the stuff that truly matters, how we feel, how much stronger and fitter are we becoming? How much do we have, are we enjoying exercise more? So it's very interesting with the kids. Um, trying to change the narrative but uh i'm very hopeful that i'm actually going back this summer because it worked really well last summer like i don't need to wait to be a pe teacher do because i'm doing it right now and i feel like the more we could kind of like push this narrative this new narrative then that's when we could start to change the face of fitness for kids so that way when they grow up they don't have to go through what we went through mm -hmm. you know another tangent i apologize but, you know. i i'm just like that's just amazing that you're doing that um i have so many questions about that i feel like we need to bring <laughs> right you back like with the so with these like fat camps is that is that's basically is the wellness camp just basically another word for what people would call a fat camp is that yeah they, yeah. Would, they basically try to repurpose health and wellness Right, so it's like the whole, it's not a diet, but it's a diet type. Yeah, like the like they yeah. always tell, we're here to get you. They always talk about, it's like, and it's funny because they're like, we're, you know, before we used to be a fat camp, now we're about wellness and, you know, we don't care about the numbers, but yet you weigh the kids every single week. <laughs> I'm just like, clearly it's about the numbers because, and I can understand because if they see the numbers, the parents will, will be satisfied, so to speak. Um, 
So, like, so, I'm just like, what? Um, yeah, they're all... in your words, they're in your <laughs> words, Kim. That is, that is an appropriate reaction, I think. Like, they're like in the, your um, words. The, the work that you do, which is obviously amazing, um, yeah. what, what, what are the other people doing and what are the other in this camp are you what what you're saying to these kids which is obviously going to be making an impact are they then going to go to their next um camp supervisor or whatever what, what it's called the next person that works. yeah so and, and are they going to like starve them or like to you know and tell them that you the yeah i mean is it is it sinking in do you think or are they is it what is the other stuff being just being contradictory to what you're saying i mean sometimes it all depends on the other people i mean i will say from like a nutritional standpoint like they 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 get pre, pre, like it's not it's not diet type stuff there it's normal food just like everything else i mm -hmm. even have a salad buffet but it's like you know it's like it's like constant battle between between going from old school ways of thinking and new school ways. Yeah. So um, the things I say in class, and and the and the great thing about this camp is that they also have like a self esteem classes as well. So they do talk about this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I get to talk about it with the kids, then at least we could talk about it from someone who's in a larger body and is in fitness. So it's like a different kind of perspective. But once again, there's always just like. And for me, I'm big in language. So mm -hmm. it's like things will, and not everyone is like on that same experience level as I am, because mm -hmm. it's like a lot of different levels. So like I could say certain things in class and then you'll hear like in the next fitness class that they go to, it's like um, keep moving or it's like, you know, earn your food or whatever the case is. So it's like, I'm, uh, it's a very interesting dynamic. And I will say before I came to that uh, camp, there was another supervisor there who kind of fed in more into the weight stigma culture and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Didn't create too much fun in the weight room where to the point where that used to be the most hated activity by the kids. But now it's one of the, one of the kids' favorite activities at camp, coming to the weight room, getting stronger and doing a whole bunch of things. So even though I, even though like I still have to battle some like other things there mm -hmm. in camp, it's a lovely place kids do feel empowered by the end and i love the transformation that they go to not body wise but just mm -hmm. like how they feel about themselves um and we do some amazing work there which is awesome but now i feel like with the with me there we're able to inject a new life and we could really help the kids understand not just like how amazing they are no matter what body they're in but also that they're stronger than they think and then that's like they could do some amazing things and you can have a great relationship with fitness. Yeah. Um, so I'm really happy that I could bring that part into the camp world, which is something where, you know, I've, I've worked at other camps where it's literally a try to treat it like the biggest loser. Um, but thank goodness, not this camp because it's pretty awesome. And it's, uh, yeah, I feel like there's a, a lot of amazing impact that can be, that has been made already um by working with this camp and continue to move forward with them and plus it works if i do decide to go back and decide to be a physical education teacher could work there during the summer still and do my physical education job during the school year which is fantastic so i mean with these um what what is like the 
desired outcome for these parents that send the kids to the to this camp is it that right you need to lose x amount of weight or is it you need to go there and feel better about yourself or like what i mean what generally is the desired sorry amy i'm just taking over this conversation because i'm like you're, you're pretty much asking the questions that i want to ask before i get there you're gonna have to have a part two now there friends i mean good lord we're so. now just venturing to another world <sighs> it's because we don't we don't have things like this like in in the uk like there's no such thing as a, a, a fat camp as you would call it so oh there actually is really it, yeah i think there there used to be a thing called wellspring in the uk and they had that there and i know there's probably a couple there right now it's not as big as it used to be but a lot of uh folks in the uk come come to the us to work at these camps well just camps in general because of the fact that they get the work visa and stuff like that so we do actually have a lot of overseas uh staff in the summer which is pretty wild that's crazy because i mean i don't know what your experience was when you were younger kim but for me my mom took me to the doctors and the nurse put me on the scales and then every four weeks I had to go back and get weird and that was that was my version of you know fat camp and then we went to fat class which was weight watchers or slim like something like that but I never knew that basically fat camp was American it was it was something that America had and we we never we never had anything like that here um, or at least that I was aware of. So it's just, it's fascinating to think that like these things actually happen, they actually exist. And as a parent, and, and this is why I know, this is why Kim is asking exactly the same questions that are in my brain. As a parent, I can't ever comprehend thinking, oh no, my, my child is fat. I must therefore put them into isolation. They must be surrounded by other people that are fat and told that being fat is bad because yeah. how, how, like, how are they even going to grow up having any form of self-worth or self-compassion thinking that even their parents have this view of them that they have to change in order to be where it, it just, it, it's baffling. <laughs> It's wild. And I will say the, the parents come in with the best of intentions. Yeah. They want to be able to bring their kids to a place where they can enjoy themselves for a summer, be with other kids. I mean, sleep away camp is such a, there's so many great things about being in a camp um, from making new friends to being a little bit more independent in life and all the other fun stuff. You know, sometimes I feel like with parents, their intentions, while, while good intentions at the same time, they go in expecting their kids to be a smaller version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And especially in the camp world, um, well, fat camp world, that's something where it's like they're paying for a certain outcome with their kids, not realizing like there's so much more important stuff that their kids will experience, but yet they put this at the forefront. And it's interesting to me because they'll want to have their kids lose weight. And they, and you see it all the time when the kids would come pick up their kids. The first thing it was like, oh my God, you look so amazing. And all this stuff is like fucking feeding into the narrative again, Jesus Christ. But when they come back home, they do the same shit that they did before they left. Yeah. And the parents don't change. The kids do, but the parents don't change to help facilitate that relationship that the kids have with themselves where they're starting to feel better in their body 
not so much about looking a certain way, but the, the, the more positive relationship they've cultivated themselves. So it's a, it's a wacky world with camp. So it's realistically, amazing. it would be better if the parents had a class at camp at the same time as yeah. the kids so that they could learn. Exactly. It would be awesome if like the kids would, I mean, the parents would be more involved um, with cultivating this healthier and happier relationship with their kids. Um, but it sucks that we can't do that. But at the same time, um, that I'm glad that in our place that there's a lot of wonderful people there willing to open up and try to make this make this more about empowering the kids as opposed to feeling like you're here to lose all the weight. And I'm glad that, you know, as much as like we talk about it being like a fat camp and stuff like that, I will say the place that I'm working at is like one of the more progressive camps and they're slowly, they're slowly changing their, um, their ways on certain things. And I thought, and I think that's like super amazing. Like the fact that I went there during open, open house and like my, my boss just love, like loves me, loves me being there exactly how I am. Like, that's a beautiful thing. And, and I know that's like, kind of like fucked up to say, but just letting me be me and not commenting about what I look like. And then like, I'm super, I'm super thankful for that. Do you know what, like, it, that's just like the most basic thing that we should be doing as humans anyway. <laughs> exactly. But it's like amazing that they do that. It should just be a basic level. Um, but I am very aware of your time and, um, I think that we need to just, I could literally sit and talk for hours and hours. I'm sure you could do as well. Oh, okay. just, uh, um, but yeah, no, th thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And, and literally I've got, we've got so many more questions, but um, we don't want to take them. Yeah. It's been yeah. really, really good, but I'm, I'm not going to let you go without it. You <laughs> promised me. Oh, okay. I want, I want a little sing song. You promised me. Okay, perfect. I'll, I guess I'll do, do you have a request or do you just want me to kind of belt out whatever? I want a bit of Queen. We, okay, a certain favorite. song from Queen or or I just have so my- I think Don't Stop Me Now is is very fitting for okay. what, what we've been talking about. Let's see. Yeah. Do you want a drum roll? Sure, why not? Let's rock and roll with that. All right, <laughs> I think I can look up the lyrics real quick. I, I'm, I'm now put on the spots. So I'm like, oh shit, I forgot what the lyrics were. All right. <laughs> So here we go. All right, so I'll do like the a first and you'll see how this goes. Oh Lord. Oh, a little hard. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world will turn it inside out. Yeah. I'm floating around in ecstasy. Don't, don't stop me now. <laughs> don't stop me cause I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> voice cracked a little bit, but once again, <sighs> my goodness, oh, I had a shot of something before doing that. That would have been more fun. <laughs> That was brilliant. Oh, thank you so much, Charles. It's been so lovely to speak to you and so lovely to hear all of your stories, your background. And I think next time we need Zoom karaoke. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I honestly really enjoyed getting the chat with y'all. 
Um, this was such a great way to start my morning here on uh, in the states. And honestly, I would if I didn't have to be in class later today, I would love I could talk with y'all for like the whole day. And it's yeah. like it's <laughs> fucking wild. So we definitely need to do this again for funsies. Definitely. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Part awesome. two, three, four, five, six. We'll just keep going. We'll have weekly chats. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I love that there, Amy. <laughs> oh, well, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, and enjoy class. Yeah. All righty. Will do there, friends. And y'all have a great day. And uh, I will see you on the social medias at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye, Charlie. All right, no problem. Yeah. Take care, friends. Bye. Bye.